This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina, planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line, and formatting fireball Julia Scott. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business, and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey, and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 129 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast and today we're talking about book cover design. But before we get into the main topic and let's run through our personal updates. So I'm three weeks into intermittent fasting and honestly all I can think about right now is food. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, is, it is going pretty well uh, but basically we've been gradually reducing our eating window uh, it's not the royal way that's me and my husband um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah we're down to a six hour window now and it's gotten noticeably more difficult to get through the last few hours of fasting each day like just this week so like we're sort of counting down I'm like looking at the time from about half 11 I'm like can I eat yet can I eat yet oh my god so what, what hours do you eat so it varies a little bit depending on what we've got going on in the day but mm. um it's been sort of between one and seven or two and eight so yeah um so it's 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 got tough this week and it's gonna get tougher because I want to get it down to a four-hour window next week so Mm. yeah Mm. (laughs) um but yeah I'm I'm adjusting and it is you know it is a it's an adjustment um period and uh it's I can feel the benefits I feel you know, I've generally got more energy and um, I'm drinking loads more because I'm drinking like because you can have water in the mornings. So I'm I'm drinking more where I would have eaten like I would have snacked before. So now I'm drinking loads. So, you know, there's there's some good stuff um, and it should get easier soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Um but yeah, on the writing front, so um, I've been working on the Shiny project and um, basically doing some world building and planning for that and talking about it with people and kind of getting my excitement up again for it. And I think I'm probably at the point now where I just need to just crack on and write some words, but I'm fighting the inertia big time from not writing for so long. So mm. I just need to bite the bullet and actually write some words um and yeah I've also got another project percolating in the back of my mind that I'm excited to get to work on I don't have a story idea yet but the world is taking shape and I'm going to be co-writing this one and it's a new genre for me so it's all very exciting in all its newness (laughs) that does sound like an exciting challenge yeah Awesome. I love that part of a project where it's just starting to tickle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bookworm. Yeah, if only it would write itself, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if only. Um, so I have literally just yesterday, as we record this, finished editing 30 Days Second Edition. Ooh, hooray! Um, so then I've got to 
I've I've edited it in hard copy. So then I've got to type up and do the formatting changes that I want to do. Then format the ebook, uh, um, and then start planning for the release date, which I haven't actually set yet. Still, um, <laughs> I, I I'm feeling a little hesitant after last year's whole debacle with Stejard. Um, <laughs> so other than that, there are oh lots of exciting things happening behind the scenes, and yeah, it's looking like 2022 might shape up to be a pretty exciting year with lots of exciting opportunities that obviously I cannot talk about at all. <laughs> you know what? I feel like you're always doing this to us. Where you're like, oh yeah, I've got some really exciting stuff going on. Well, we're totally getting it out of you once recording because <laughs> I can't bear not knowing things. <laughs> As for me, it doesn't even feel like two weeks since my last personal update on our last joint episode. So to be honest, I'm a bit baffled as to where January is going. Mm. Where where has it gone? How is it the was it the 20th today we're recording this? But writing wise, my wonderful editor is still working on what I've already given them of the original Dorian, but I haven't given them the whole book yet. And I still need to finish writing the ending. So I really better get on with that. Um, considering I've been talking about writing that book for a good seven or eight months now. So it's been quite a while. But really, <laughs> I'm going through burnout at the moment. So I need to listen to Holly's last episode about <laughs> burnout. And it's really hard for me to focus on anything bookish. Um, and it's more life burnout rather than just writing burnout. So I'm really having to stay, take stock of life and where I'm at and what I can do to take the heat off a bit. So Again, it's all about that ever-elusive balance. And I also quit sugar recently, so the burnout might be a little bit related to that. Uh. <laughs> and we're like, Holly's like, oh, yeah, I've got more energy from eating this. I'm like, I am dead on the floor <laughs> from not eating sugar. Like, I am so freaking tired. I think it's just made me realize how much sugar kept me going. You know how mm. coffee keeps people going? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's sugar for me. It's sugar for me too. And I haven't um changed what I'm eating with the intermittent fasting I'm still eating the same junk basically just in a smaller window of time. Mm. <laughs> no I when um I worked at a bookies and I used to do what was called a triple shift and it is as grueling as it sounds and the only thing that used to keep me going was you know those big chunky Yorkie chocolate bars oh Yorkies yeah that was what I bought there was nothing else nothing else would get me through a triple shift wow except Yorkie bars yeah <laughs> mm. we really need to stop talking about sugar we need to move on yeah, really yeah I can't on. Cope. <laughs> stop talking so about chocolate let's, please let's move swiftly along to question of the week <laughs> and uh last week I asked you what's the scariest thing you've done in your author business and um, Edwin said that he's had to give toasts and announcements to rooms of people before, but he hasn't yet dared to publicly read any of his fiction. And I thought that was a really good point because it is often scarier mm. and it tends to feel more personal and more vulnerable when it's something that you've written. And he said that the scariest thing he has done was publishing his debut novel, And Melinda also said the same, that publishing was the scariest, followed by putting herself forward for speaking opportunities. Mm. Yeah, that's scary. 
<laughs> but this week we want to know what's a book you've bought just because of the cover mm. okay so no new patrons this week but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons we really do appreciate the support patrons get early access to episodes exclusive behind the scenes access to our off-air banter as well as the warm fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast if you'd like to support the show you can do so for just three pounds a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors it would also be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media Grab a screenshot or share it directly from your podcast platform or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. So today we are talking about book covers and uh, let's just get out of the way that awful never judge a book by its cover, which is not true to (laughs) books at all. It is a very, very good um, analogy for not judging people straight away but it does not work for books because we do judge them by their covers and that's absolutely fine yeah 100% (laughs) so yeah why why are book covers so important it's because we do judge them by (laughs) I you know when you're browsing a bookstore when you go into a bookstore or when you're looking at those tiny a whole run of those tiny little thumbnails on Amazon the first thing that makes you pick up a book is its cover that's the first impression yeah yeah and uh, yeah you wouldn't even bother to read the blurb if the cover didn't attract you so Mm -hmm. yeah 100% the first thing that people see is that cover and that is why covers are important. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from conveying genre, what else do you think book covers can convey? Mood, themes, mm-hmm. character. Um, oh, and the age that it's for as well. Yep. Obviously, a children's book has a very different cover to like an erotica book, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a comparison. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, so much of it is subconscious. We don't even realise that that is what's going on. And I think that's probably why so many authors fall down on this and get the wrong covers, because they're only consciously thinking about what a cover should look like for the first time with their first book before they, you know, they've never thought about it. And once you start thinking about it, your brain can take you off in the completely the wrong direction. So, you know, you've got to kind of be a bit self-aware, I think, and and realize that, you know, you've been you've been judging books by their covers and getting all this information from covers for your entire life. And now you need to be conscious of it. Mm. I think also, you know how like writing the blurb for your book is so much harder than writing your book because you take like however many thousands of words you've written and try to condense them into like a few sentences for a blurb and the cover is kind of the same. You're Mm -hmm. taking everything from your book and condensing it into one cover. And one of the big mistakes I see a lot is, oh, I want this on the cover and this and this and this and this and a flying castle and a tiger attacking it and a (laughs) rainbow and and a 
troll under the bridge and a knight on a horse and it's just like <laughs> throw everything at this cover and um yeah I think that's why the book covers are quite hard for us authors because firstly we're not cover designers but we're expected to give a brief to a cover designer and um depending on how you work with your cover designer you might be have a lot of input or you might not we're not trained cover designers we get overexcited (laughs) (laughs) and say silly things (laughs) and I think like one of the things authors tend to slip on a bit is wanting to convey a scene from their book on Mm. the cover and it's not as simple as that (laughs) no and yeah I, I see that a lot with other indie authors when I'm talking to them about covers and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and it is the it is the whole debate of oh but if I have something that's really different to all the other ones in my genre it'll stand out and people will notice it mm-hmm. and as a book buyer I tend to do that I tend to see the books that stand out because they have a totally different cover to the others and I foolishly thought I was a typical book buyer for years and years. I thought I was a very typical book buyer. And I did a lot of my book marketing based on how I buy books. Apparently, I don't buy books in the usual way. <laughs> and Colleen's weird, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a classic book buyer. And um, yeah, my first series has books that are not on genre at all um they are very different and while some people love them um I know it's harming sales hence why this year is going to be the year I recover them Woo-hoo. exciting <laughs> one, one thing I found fascinating since joining the Instagram uh bookstagram community I should say um is that people do treat books like collector's items mm. um and I personally have never done that. So I've never owned two copies of the same book because mm. they look different or, or whatever. But yeah, people's, the aesthetics of people's bookshelves really matter to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that fascinating um, because as, as an author, you, you want something that people want to take pictures of and want mm-hmm. to splash over their social media because isn't this beautiful? Um, but that relies a lot on the cover designer that you pick so Mm. we're going to talk about how to find a cover designer what you need to watch out for Mm. yes this is one one of the difficult questions like how do I find a good editor how do I find good beta readers as well isn't it Mm -hmm. Um, cover designers they're kind of like good hairdressers aren't they once you find them stick with them (laughs) although there are it depends if you stick in the same genre then yes but if Mm. you genre hop like yeah so you know my side my sci-fi cover was done by someone if I went into you know non for my non-fiction I wouldn't go to the same cover designer for that Mm. well yeah but I mean it pays, doesn't it, to have a look at their portfolio and see what mm. else they've done. And if they've done other covers. Oh, yeah, of course. Genre yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. But so, the, I think the best place to start is recommendations. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, recommendations and um, from from people you know, but also look at what's selling. 
Mm. and see if you can get in touch with the author and find out who did their cover and some authors will put it in the front matter of their book you know cover design by so if you're on say amazon and can use the look inside feature have a look and see if it's tucked away in there yeah yeah um so who who are the wrong people to get a cover designed by yourself (laughs) (laughs) only because unless you are a cover designer well, 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 you can try. I mean, I, I tried because I've been doing graphic design for a while. And obviously, I do graphic design for the inside of books in, in formatting. But book covers <clears throat> is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. Like, <laughs> I, I put one together and it's never going to see the light of day for the mirror souls. <laughs> I look at it now and I laugh because um, you really do need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to gel it all together. I mean, we've all seen covers mm. that the image itself is great, but the layout is all wrong or the mm. typography is wrong yep. because you've even got to have the right uh, font for the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you wouldn't have that very curly, um, cursive writing that you would typically see on a romance novel. You probably wouldn't put that on a thriller or like a post-apocalyptic novel, because mm-hmm. it even the font has to be on genre and even like the size of the lettering as well. And the font There's... treatment, so not just putting like a matte font straight yeah. on, you know, just like a white or black font. Yeah. It is amazing what cover designers do really and how much they put into the, mm. the design. Yeah, and like the blending of all the different layers when they're putting different things together. Again, we've all seen covers where you can tell that a character's just been cut out and just bunged there. Or like without... a face, a face put on a different head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have not proportioned that correctly whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and like, so yeah, even if you are a professional cover designer and know exactly what you're doing, because of that closeness to the text thing, that we talked about it can still be a good idea to get someone else to do it because then you eliminate that kind of um yeah that problem of wanting to throw too much at it and you know picking the wrong elements so sometimes uh, you know an extra pair of eyes like with editing can be um really valuable with the cover yep definitely um so we also wanted to talk about how to write a design brief and what you should tell your designer um, my cover designer sends a little um, word document with loads of questions on that I have to answer. Oh, that's um, good. And one of the important things he asks is, is this part of a series? Because that makes mm. a difference. Mm-hmm. The cover designer needs to know for future books, like especially for stock images, whether there's enough stock images to use that same person on multiple books, for mm-hmm. example, and not, you know, not have the same image on all yeah. four books um so yeah filling in a questionnaire is really important and but do, it, do you choose your own images julia or does he choose them for you um it's a mixture of both to be honest mm. um i know he tells me which um stock image website he uses and he usually picks the images first and then if i don't like them he's like you know, can can you see anything on there that you do like? So I'll go for a bit of a trawl on the website. Um, but really, I haven't had to do much of that. 
yeah so it's it's been okay Mm. I think you know certainly when I was new I I felt overwhelmed and like well I don't know like you know I, I wanted to just kind of um you know abdicate responsibility it's like no you're the designer mm-hmm. you know what you're doing make me something that looks good um and I very much needed some hand-holding in the mm. beginning um now that I've been doing this a while I I understand a bit more and I've you know got more confidence I'm I'm you know I'm better able to have input um so I think it's a good idea to talk with your designer or like you know prospective designer even before you've agreed anything talk about the process and how much um autonomy they are capable of because you might find a designer whose covers look great but they actually don't think for themselves very much they rely on the author a lot to give them a lot so if you don't want to do that that's probably the wrong designer for you yeah and it's definitely worth um creating a little collection of covers you like um and like holly said ones that are selling well in your genre so go to your genre on amazon and go to the the highest ranked stuff and see what the books look like um i know that both both the cover designers i've worked with in the past have wanted like examples you know what what Mm. do you like what you know um because it gives them something to start with rather than having to start from a blank slate yeah yeah because all cover designers work differently when you've been working with the same designer for quite a while they get to know what you like I mean, when I've worked with cover designers for a while, we've got to the point where they can just whack out a cover and there'll be like so few changes to make to it mm-hmm. because they know what I like. You know, I'm very lucky now that my uh, my husband did a cover design course and he's now my cover designer. So I get to stand behind him and look over his shoulder <laughs> and be like, no, oh, he move loves it that. up a bit. Move it up. He loves it. He loves it. I'm such a good <laughs> client. He absolutely loves it. But uh, another thing to watch out for with cover designers is to check your contract. Mm. Now, some designers will allow you to do things like use the images they create for like merch, like putting on badges or stickers or T-shirts or whatever. But some cover designers do not allow that or you would have to pay extra. Mm. So, yeah, always, always check your contract because they might have all, all sorts of different kinds of clauses in there. Yeah. And in fairness, that may not be entirely up to them because mm-hmm. stock images have different licenses. Have different licenses, yeah. Yeah. And if you are, um, particularly if you are writing sci-fi or um, high fantasy, epic fantasy, you may be getting original custom artwork rather than mm-hmm um photo manipulation um so again like the contract the license for that you need to know what the terms are and the process of working with someone doing original art will be broadly similar to someone doing photo manipulation but obviously it's completely customizable so um yeah you it's going to be a higher price point um a much higher price point um but you will get you know something completely original and 
something that's exactly yeah. right for you and that's the thing with stock image websites and using stock images on on books not just the licensing it's the fact that it's not exclusive to you so mm-hmm. it could that image could be on many books out there and likely books in your genre because it's you know very often a genre specific image and um I've seen one particular image which is of a woman kind of like floating on her back I don't know if you've mm. seen like horizontal floating mm. on her back I've literally seen it on five books mm. all I, they all look slightly different where they've yeah. been you know manipulated the colors changed and mm. you know hairs changed and whatever you know but yeah. it's obviously the same image and yeah you do have to watch out for that yeah right <laughs> I've come across a book with the same um model on as one of mine me too and it just makes you go but you know that's the nature of the beast things like um things like spaceships there's not Mm. many renders of spaceships on stock image websites so there's a lot of sci-fi books that have you know identical ships on (laughs) but whether or not the readers care who knows but still it's just something to take into consideration yeah Yeah. It's, it's also really handy to consider what changes a good cover designer can make because I didn't realize like the huge amount of changes like if you want a particular model but they're wearing the wrong outfit like they can change the outfit they can change the color of the outfit they can change their eyes I have this thing where I like all of my cover models to be looking direct at camera and I often find the perfect model but they're looking to one side but a cover designer can actually ch- take out eyes from another model and make Maybe. them look at the can- camera. Isn't it clever though. Which I know, <laughs> and I would have never even imagined that they could do stuff like that, but they can. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talk to them. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was um, getting ready to republish my series, I did speak to a designer about doing uh, original renders from scratch and we talked I and mean, we had like an hour long conversation and then there were emails and everything. It was, it was so in depth and it, honestly, I mean, it's, it would be a dream way to do it, but it was so expensive. And because it was a, a republish, you know, I was taking a gamble on it anyway. So I wasn't prepared to spend the money, but one thing that I hadn't really thought about before but that he made me aware of was that he was not a typographer so he would do the imagery but then I would still need someone else to do the typography as well and the so layout, you know yeah all the templates that you're given and all of that and getting the spine right and mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> there's just, a lot to consider it's not as easy as just snapping text on a picture let's put it that yeah, way yeah because that's what I have with my middle grade books that I write um I have an illustrator who does the characters and she does them all separately. And then it goes to my husband who puts them on the cover and mm-hmm. yeah, it's all very involved. Mm. <laughs> yes. So that leads us to DIY covers, doing it yourself. Mm. Should you or shouldn't you? <laughs> that is the big question. Yeah. I mean, I think we've already kind of answered that. It's probably not a good idea. Um, unless you are unless yeah you really know what you're doing and yeah have done it for other people and have a track record and yeah I mean yeah there are plenty of books I've seen out there that have been DIY'd and aren't actually that bad 
Mm-hmm. I've DIY'd some covers and they really weren't too bad. <laughs> I think it can be done. <laughs> yeah. But don't, please, yeah, done with caution. Yes. And being careful to avoid licensing issues with images mm. and fonts. You cannot just pull any image off the internet and shove it on a book cover. You may get yourself into big trouble. So please don't do that. Um, But there are plenty of other options if your budget is tight, thankfully, which is really good. Um, One is Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. But my goodness, Um, get recommendations for Fiverr. Yes. (laughs) You do have to be careful because um, I think, I'm not sure if it's that website, but I've heard of cases where they've stolen uh, covers off other people and basically change the titles and yes. sold it on and it's yeah. not it wasn't even their cover to begin with so yeah. I mean obviously that can happen with anywhere but yeah Fiverr can be a bit of a dodgy one but you know I've had a fantastic cover designer from Fiverr so yep. get a recommendation before yep. going to Fiverr <laughs> and then there's 99designs.com that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where you can get a book cover designed for $99, I believe. No, um, it's, it's not. It's it's, it's like $299. But mm-hmm. it's well it, it goes it's, it's out different to levels of designers. Yeah. Yes, I think there are different levels, but yes, that's how it works. You put up your brief and kind of like a load of designers will make a cover for it and then you choose one. Yeah, I've actually bought two covers from 99designs, but I haven't like commissioned them yet, if that makes sense, because they mm. had a half price offer. Um, mm. So I literally paid, well, it was like, it was 99 each because it was half yeah. price. Right. Um, I think there's, I think there's three different levels. I think you can pay for like ebook only mm-hmm. and then ebook and paperback and then ebook and paperback and God knows what else. Um, Audio book, presumably, and maybe merch yeah. hardback merch mm. yeah I don't know. um yeah there's also pre-mades from all sorts of cover designers so I'm, let's I'm let's, just, let's just quickly um explain what a pre-made is why is it holding giggling because uh, <clears throat> i have bought pre-made covers and oh. not used them like oh, yeah yes. she ha- she has them sitting around um <laughs> Yeah, so a pre-made is just a cover design that a um, a designer has already made. It's not bespoke. You all you get to change really is the title and the author name. Yeah. Um, again, with pre-mades, check your contract because sometimes they are exclusive pre-mades, so they will only sell them once. But some cover designers will make a cover and they will sell it multiple times so you may come across a book that literally has the exact exact same cover as yours just a different title and author name Mm. yeah so (laughs) just check but yeah pre-mades can be much much cheaper than um bespoke covers so I've only bought one pre-made so far for my fantasy series that I've barely started writing and um I I didn't change the title on it because I didn't know the title yet. She said, that's fine. Just let me know in the future when you're ready. And I was like, great. And then I got a message from her saying that her house had been broken into. Her computer had been stolen. So all the files were gone mm-hmm. and she couldn't change the title on my book cover. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. 
Mm, <laughs> She's like, I can try and like change it. I'm like, mm, okay. Mm. What do you what do you do in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. I, so this I'd is suggest, why I save the cl- to the cloud. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd suggest that uh if you uh, get a pre-made, know your title. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. So that you can just get it done in case the computer's stolen. That's obviously quite an extreme example, but kind but of got to get it happened to me. They could go out of business or, you know, move yeah. on and be doing something they else. And... All sorts of things, yeah. 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 I the <laughs> so I I have I have bought more than one pre-made. Um and uh, but there's one where I I actually like properly had an idea for a book and I was going to co-write it with my mum and um and I got very excited and I saw this cover and I was like that's the one and I had a title and everything so it I've got it it's it's perfectly usable um but I've never so much as written a single note down for the book and we're going back like five six seven years um so yeah but then there are others where it's just oh so pretty I have to have it (laughs) I know and I've changed my mind on the pre-made that got stolen on the computer anyway so I I would get a new cover designed for it anyway because yeah you do look at it and think oh that's gorgeous and it sparks ideas and all of that and then you buy it and then later on you stop and think and you think is this really going to convey the story properly is this really Mm. the best cover for the genre Mm. and trends change oh yeah exactly Mm. as well yeah so I think I think what we're saying is only get a pre-made if you're kind of ready ready to go with the book (laughs) we don't buy them in advance for books stop getting overexcited (laughs) although some people do get their ideas for books sparked Mm -hmm. from pre-made book covers they're like I have to have that book cover I'll I can think of a story that would go perfectly with that Mm. yeah that's fine um, if if you can do that and it works for you then fine yep um so i know i know we've said don't make your own book covers but um a lot of people use book brush now um i must admit i have i have merely dabbled for just a moment um with book brush so i don't i really don't know much about it about uh, how it works but apparently you can make very beautiful covers with book brush other people use canva as well yes they do yeah. For very simple covers, I should imagine. Mm. I've used Bookbrush quite a lot for making uh, like promo images. They mm. do really good mock-ups that look, some of them, not all of them, but some of them look so real. And I've had like messages when I've shared them on like Instagram. People have messaged me going, oh, or left comments going, that, that's gorgeous. That flat lay is so nice. And I'm like, mm. it's It's a mock-up it's not real um (laughs) so um yeah I I love book rush it's it's a great tool so I would imagine given the quality of their mock-ups I can imagine that their the cover design feature is is good as well but I haven't played with that I know people who swear by it so Mm. but it is another option if you are tight on a budget of course the other option is to uh befriend a cover designer um or marry Mm -hmm. one <laughs> or marry um, someone and then force them to become a cover designer. Or do that. Do do that exact thing. Um, or I mean, you can also, um, if you have a friend who's a cover designer, maybe you could do a skills swap mm. with them. Uh, skills swaps are great if you're short on money. 
um, as long as the other person agrees to it. It's quite <laughs> common for um, for cover designers to also be authors. I've seen a fair few mm-hmm. of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bit like how I'm an author and became a formatter as well. Yeah. Um, same with editors. So yeah, skill swaps are quite easily found in the writing community if you know where to look and be nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> And have a skill to swap with. <laughs> oh, darn, that's me gone then. <laughs> it's that networking thing again, Angeline. For, oh, is it? Is it forever. that networking thing that I bang on about? Yeah, <laughs> make friends. Make friends with other authors in the community. Ah, <laughs> oh, they do come in handy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we have already mentioned how trends change. Um, so should you refresh your covers at regular intervals why should you do it i'm gonna say big fat yes um and i mean like you're getting your first series recovered this year i got Mm -hmm. i had my first series recovered i was gonna say last year it's not last year it was (laughs) what is time Uh, yeah um yeah because quite often you know as i said earlier as well that when you're new you don't quite realize what you're doing you can have the wrong covers for your books so it's a good idea to reassess later Mm. but even you know even if that's not the case yeah trends do change and covers in in my genre urban fantasy now are very different to what Mm. they look like 10 years ago so um yeah it's I think it's a really good idea and it can really give your sales a, a little boost and you don't have to do a full like republish you can just change the cover without a great big fanfare and launch and everything yeah but it can yeah it can absolutely just refresh your backlist uh boost those sales back up again mm-hmm. yeah i had my first cover for the mirror souls was only on it for a month before i changed it no it wasn't a month it was about four months before i changed it because obviously i didn't know what i was doing and i rushed my release for for my debut novel significantly um and i yeah i went through it all far too quickly and just chose the wrong design and a lot of people were like oh i didn't realize this book would have have romance in it and i was like hmm mm. yeah because the cover doesn't make it look like that at all mm. so yeah but you know that's fine because part of being an indie author is we're always learning it's time. just an expensive mistake to make it is <laughs> it can be a very expensive mistake to make unfortunately um but because we do have that control over our books being indie you know mm. we can rectify those mistakes yeah but yes it can be expensive <laughs> and why else might you refresh your covers julia i don't know just did a special edition of the mirror souls oh yeah the new color scheme <laughs> yeah forgot about that i'm like uh what <laughs> yeah with uh the mirror souls going into the nerdy book box they did an exclusive cover for the nerdy and it book is box. so pretty it is very pretty it's literally just a recolor of the background that's literally it mm. but it made such a oh and we changed the color of the uh text of the title and it didn't it have the um colored Oh, what's it called? Where they colour the edges of pages. Yeah. Mm, sprayed edges. Very, mm. very pretty. Um, so that's that's quite exciting. But talking about being indie, do you think there's a big difference between book covers in uh, for indie books versus traditional books? And yes. why? And <laughs> which should you 
kind of take more notice of. Yeah, there's a massive, massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you only need to go and look on Amazon, and you'll see, um, like look at a look at a genre like dystopia. That's that's a fun one. There is such a massive difference between indie and uh, trad. Um, I stick with the indie books because I publish like an indie author. Does that make sense? <laughs> because like strategies are very different between yeah. indie and trad. And I follow an indie strategy for publishing. Therefore, I Mm-hmm. that goes through to my book covers as well yeah I think um fantasy is another one where it really stands out at the moment what's really popular in trad publishing is you know these beautiful fonts and mm-hmm. um, sort of art deco kind of backgrounds no pictures no people but in indie it's all about the people and dragons um so (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's figures it's artwork it's Mm -hmm. it's really different I I don't oh go on carry on no I was just gonna say um that like you know like Angeline said it's it depends on your strategy and I think there is there is massive value in you know sort of emulating some some parts of trad and I think if you are wide if you're a wide author and you really want to focus on print sales and non-Amazon sales, then it can absolutely make sense to look at what's going on in trad publishing covers and kind of emulate that a bit if that's your model. So, I was going to say I've I've seen a handful of indie authors who are emulating the traditional style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I I'm not sure how I feel about people on covers. Like I, I really struggled to pick the faces of my characters when I had them forward facing. It was a huge struggle because I was like, they don't look like any of these people on this doc <laughs> web- website. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, which is why you only see the back of everyone's head on my books. Because <laughs> I was like, no, this is too hard. We'll just look at the back of the head. That yeah, was a because- clever decision, I think. Thank but you. some readers I stole it hate from someone it. else. <laughs> <laughs> some readers hate it as well some readers hate having the character on the cover because they're like but I want to imagine what the cover what the character looks like because we all know that our readers Mm. will all see them differently completely Mm. differently um I love characters on the cover I love I I I have a love-hate relationship with the stock photo sites I get very excited when I first start when I've looked at my thousandth picture the novelty wears off. I love them. Yeah, I love I love the buzz I get when I find the exact right photo and I'm like, yes, that's who my character is. <laughs> you know, the type of book covers I hate are movie book covers. Mm, so when Divergent became a movie <laughs> and they changed all the covers to be, you know, the, the characters, the um actors from the movie, I was like, no. <laughs> I can't bear it. Mm. The worst. Yeah, a lot of people say that, but again, I'm not a typical book buyer. I love the movie tie-in covers, and I will often purposefully buy the movie tie-in version. I know, I know, but I I have this weird relationship <laughs> with uh, movies and books anyway. So <laughs> that's a discussion <laughs> for another day. 
I think it's good to have different perspectives on this podcast actually it's I think that's yeah it's good to hear different things oh we're allowed to have different viewpoints it's just mine is right <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely fine I'm sure I'm it just is. kidding <laughs> <laughs> You watch all of the episodes that are done by just me will just tank because they're like, oh, Julia Scott's so mean. <laughs> listening to her stuff. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's oh, fine. I, I know I'm not a typical book buyer. <laughs> don't base any of your decisions on the way I buy books. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I think... Um, that's sort of quite a good note to wrap up on um and if you have any doubts about your own book buying behavior you know talk to other people and and find out and get other people's opinions on covers and Mm -hmm. see you know go to friends that you trust and people who read your genre and get their input when you have a cover and it's ready to go you know do some you know like a focus group find out find out what people think well ask your newsletter subscribers Mm. as well they can they can be great for information or um reader groups for your genre yeah as well good stuff right so that wraps us up on book covers and takes us on to my would you rather question Mm -hmm. which is oh goodness i sorry this was um total coincidence but it's food related (laughs) i'm sorry i just realized it was it's total coincidence Um, so would you rather eat crisp flavored ice cream or ice cream flavored crisps (laughs) hang on i have a question (laughs) hang on crisp flavored ice cream but what flavor of crisps yeah I think because... we, yeah, I think we need to just go simple and say it is ready salted flavored ice cream or vanilla flavored crisps. Oh, salted ice cream for sure. Salt and sweet go well together that way around with mm. a little bit of salt in a lot of sweet, but a little bit of sweet and a lot of salt. Mm. Do mm. you remember when, um, uh, monster munch brought out the vanilla flavored monster munch no. it tanked horribly <laughs> and can't begin oh, to this, why. <laughs> this was back oh it was a long time ago goodness it was when i was at university so we're probably talking about maybe 2000 2001 something mm. like that and um i bought a packet of them and because i was like well somebody thought it was a good idea vanilla flavored monster munch but you look at a monster munch and you don't expect it to taste like vanilla and I couldn't even make it through half the packet and then I couldn't even give the rest of the packet away nobody would take them they had to go in the bin (laughs) (laughs) no one would even try like one (laughs) yeah I'll take the salted ice cream as well plus if you add caramel to the salted ice cream it's like salted caramel ice cream so, what about salt and vinegar flavored ice cream? Oh, <laughs> would you go for that? <laughs> no, no, I take the vanilla crisps. <laughs> I mean, I like salt and vinegar crisps, but I just I'm trying to imagine it's so the expectation, much... yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> vinegary ice cream no no no, no. <laughs> what about prawn cocktail <laughs> we're going through every flavor we're going to be here for half an hour we should do the same you know for fairness we should imagine you know chocolate ice cream flavored crisps yeah i'm there for that i'm there yeah, for that mm-hmm. i yeah. I'd probably do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i think the answer is it depends on it the depends. flavor <laughs> there is no cut and dry answer for would you rather no <laughs> <Not> always <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> just a reminder of our question of the week. What's a book you've bought just because of the cover? And remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for unstoppable authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors Podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of World Building. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.